your story is worth telling and worth sharing. Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process. And now, here's your host, Dave Buda. Hello and welcome to Darken the Page. Today's guest is Molly King. Just got off the interview and I got to say this is one of just the just such a good feeling interview, man. It, it was so easy to talk to her. I found that we we talked about so much useful stuff. We talked a lot about journaling. I actually feel like I man, I I'm way more in love with journaling than I was an hour ago before we recorded this. And so um, we talk about how she wrote her first book and, and what it's like writing her second book. And I really got a lot out of this episode. So I hope you'll enjoy it. It's going to be the show notes are at darkenthepage.com slash 020. And without further ado, here's Molly King. Hello, I'm here today with my new friend, Molly King. And I'm really psyched to have Molly on the show. Uh, we We just caught up over Skype and, and, and I felt that chemistry. I felt that show chemistry. And I said, Molly's going to be great. No pressure, Molly. But I just <laughs> thought, wow, this is going to be fun. And um, I think we have a lot in common too. We both do coaching and, and writing and things like that. And uh, we both like baby toys. Actually, I don't really like baby toys, but I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> um, so welcome, Molly. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much, Dave. I'm super excited to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, my pleasure. So tell, uh, just tell everybody a little about you as a writer, uh, if they aren't familiar with you, and just kind of what you've been up to and where you're at. Awesome. I would love to. So let's see. I guess my writing career, you know, I have journals from when I was in first grade and the stuff that school makes you do. And, Mm -hmm. um, I never really got into it, but when I was at summer camp as a young wee little tyke, I was given a journal as a, what they call a counselor in training. I think I was about 14 or 15 years old. And I decided just my small act for that summer for those seven weeks was to write something each day. That was my only thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, from there it just kind of, that's where it really started for me. And I've been keeping a journal ever since then. I think I've filled, I need to recount, but it's close to 50 journals in the past 12 years. Wow. And <laughs> that it's, um, it's now one of those things where like I can't function without writing. Wow. Um, and you write how, every day. Is that, that's the deal? Uh, no, not every day. Okay. Uh, it usually ends up being when I have a really good day or really sucky day, uh-huh. or I have so much in my brain that I have to just like spill it out onto the page so I don't have to carry it around anymore Okay, <laughs> and just free up my mental hard drive kind of. So nice. it's, um, but it's a necessity for sure. Yeah. And tell me about the benefits of, of journaling. I mean, this is obviously 50 journals. That's really incredible. Um, what, mm-hmm. what have you noticed? Like what's that been like for you? Oh, it's, well, it's been definitely a process. I was inspired by some of my friends' journals as we, we each had journals at summer camp. And so, you know, you look at your friend and you're like, oh my gosh, she's such a cool journaler. And she would, you know, like sketch beautiful things and write in all different directions and use Sharpies. And it was just this gorgeous work of art. And so of course me wanting to do that too, that's how my journal started out. And then they've morphed. And I think what's been cool is it's been my, I guess I would call it my safe place. It's where I can be my most unfiltered, raw version of myself and work through a lot of whatever's happening in my life. And what the cool thing is, is especially in my harder moments, um, when I journal it out, I typically find that what I thought was bothering me isn't actually the root cause. It's more like a symptom, I guess. Mm. And through the writing, it's like a very cathartic process for me. But through that writing of digging up whatever I need to dig up, I find out what the root cause of it is. And then I kind of coach myself through into resolution, whether it's into like a grateful space or 
um, this is what I can do to change the situation or look at it differently. Or I find some, typically I find some positive way to work through any kind of a negative situation. And, and sometimes it's just recording like, oh my gosh, so many good things are happening. And I just bullet point like mm-hmm. all the good things just to just flood myself with gratitude and with positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes this really cool record of, you know, who I am on the inside as I've been growing um, throughout the years. And it's breakups and it's my mom passing on and my family issues and my business. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just everything. It's my place to be. Yeah, that's all everything. Of me. So, do you yeah. go back and read them too? Ever? I do sometimes. I'm pretty surprised at how good of a memory I have in terms of where things are. I also keep quotes. And so if I ever want to go back and find a quote, um, you know, I'm, I can pretty much go to the right journal and, and pick it out. But I've been using my journals actually um, a lot lately as I wrote my first book and the, with my subsequent book coming out um, this year. I've been using a lot of my processes through, excuse me, um, through quitting my corporate job and traveling for six months and, and the soul searching that went on during that time, but moving myself from like analysis paralysis into action. Mm-hmm. I have it documented as to like what I thought about, what I did, how I worked through it. So I'm using those to kind of create systems to help other people coach them through those their own processes and get them into action too and and take goals and make them happen so it's a really cool record i guess yeah i definitely look back yeah so what made you want to write that first book Mm. well it's so funny i didn't think i was a writer until recently even with all the journals piling up um but I guess I did write when I was nine years old that I wanted to write a book and I just found that, which was kind of a fun (laughs) surprise. But, um, I used to work a corporate job and I did marketing and PR and I worked with celebrity chefs and got to travel on the company's card, which was awesome. And I was doing, you know, great things and running press events and working with the media and, um, you know, it was everything I thought I wanted. And, I realized over a period of time that actually I wasn't too fulfilled Uh and I was much more stressed out than I was satisfied. Are you saying that money can't buy happiness? You had the card, right? You had the credit card. (laughs) You had, you know, yeah, the problem is here. Who knew? But yeah, I mean, I lived by the beach. I lived in Santa Barbara. Um, I had great roommates. Lovely town. Like it was, yeah, it really is. And, um, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't the trajectory that I realized I wanted to be on ultimately. And that was a really, um, gosh, eye opening moment when I was like, uh Oh, am I on the wrong track? Like, what am I actually made for? And what is my unique contribution to the world? And what is the legacy I want to leave? And is it a desk job? And Mm -hmm. is it this work? And for some people it is, and I don't think that's a bad thing, but for me, I realized it wasn't. So Mm -hmm. anyway, long story short, I kind of went on an odyssey um, and dance is a big part of my life. I'm a competitive West Coast swing dancer and I've competed all around the world. Um, Nice. And it was this, there there were glimpses of, of all the things that were kind of coming together and I realized through writing and through dance, there was this really interesting intersection where I could dive in and, and use dance as a metaphor to kind of explain, you know, how I look at life and how I come alive in life and then how I would love to see other people come alive in, in whatever that would be for them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where kind of this idea of live your dance came about. And I did a Kickstarter last year and I raised $27,000 in 27 days nice. to fund. Thank you. Um, to fund my my next two books and my training for the U.S. Open Swing Dance Championships. So wow. um, it's just been kind of this unfoldment, this process. It was not a, I'm going to sit down and write a book and this is how my life is going to go. It's been a, a every day kind of figuring it out along the way. So Yeah. And what was that like writing the first book? Was that, did you find that was easy? 
Because you had been oh. writing the journals. Was it like painful? What were some of the triumphs and challenges <laughs> of that? I think it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, which is weird to say because writing, like you said, yeah, I love writing and, and it's a natural thing for me. And yet I spent, I decided to start writing the book in February of 2013. And for the entire year, I lived in Dallas, Texas. Um, but a lot of that year was characterized by me sitting in my apartment, like crying and not thinking I was good enough to write a book and who would ever read this book and who am I like, it was just self doubt city. Sounds like and that's actually an important phase of book writing. At least. Is it? I mean, I, least, don't, I don't, at least everybody seems to go through it. So maybe <laughs> okay. that maybe it's, maybe it's important. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that was my journey and I thought maybe I was just broken, but maybe that's part of writing a book. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was definitely a large part of it. And, um, you know, I kind of, I let the book simmer for a long time. It, I gathered a lot of content from my journals, but I just couldn't find the impetus to kind of dive in and really get going. Um, and it took, I actually, I went through a leadership course in California. Um, and that's where I kind of broke through a lot of my limiting beliefs about myself and about my contribution to the world and and my stance, I I I broke through a lot of. <laughs> I didn't realize I had a lot of issues, but I guess we all do. Sure. Um, <laughs> I just try to so, ignore mine for the most part. Yeah, so. I know. Just sweep them under the rug. Um, but no, it was a really really good process for me personally, and it allowed me to see that you know we all have a gift that. I, I'm one of five kids and uh, a belief that I didn't realize I was holding was that I was a burden. Um, mm -hmm. and that, you know, my role in life was to blend in with the, the group of kids of our family and just make things go smoothly and not cause any bumps. Um, mm -hmm. and then I realized like, if I blend in the rest of my life, what's the purpose? Like, I don't, I don't think we're made to just blend in or to just, pay bills and then die. Like mm -hmm. there's so much more. So, um, yeah, I just, I decided to say, I don't care how I'm feeling. I know I'm made to give something special and I believe everyone is, and it's time for me to explore that potential. So nice. yeah, it was, it was a powerful year and, and 2014 was kind of the breakout year of the Kickstarter and book number one and the U S open, um, so it was just a lot of breaking through barriers. So how is writing? Yeah, how is writing book number two now that you've been through that first process? Is it easier? It's it's a it's a very different different way of writing. Um, my first book, I'm I'm very nonlinear person. So mm -hmm. um, I actually use a program which maybe you've heard of called Scrivener. I've heard of it. It's awesome. If anyone's writing a book, I highly recommend it. Um, and you can download it online. What do you like you about Scrivener? I mean, I honestly, I've never tried it. Um, I've been using Microsoft Word and, and, and actually using Evernote lately. Just, oh, nice. But yeah, what's the deal with Scrivener? So my favorite, and I don't know if I'm like a power user on Scrivener. I have a feeling there's a lot more to it than I even realize. But my favorite part is that for someone like me who doesn't write in a linear fashion, when I had everything in a Word document, I did not want to open that thing because it was like a tangle of, of, like I wanted to move chapters, I wanted to do all these things, but I couldn't, like a 50-page document or even if I did have it by chapter, it just wasn't very user-friendly to me. So uh -huh. Scrivener allowed me to write in little chunks and then you can, excuse me, you can kind of rearrange them really easily into chapter folders or into there's different ways to look at it there's a pin board view so you can look at it as if they're all note cards and just move those around or mm -hmm. just outline view i mean it's just once you get into it it's it's so intuitive and it's so much more helpful for someone like me who kind of hops around to different chapters and works on them at at will so i i really appreciated that process okay nice for sure. Um, but you asked about book one versus two. And my first book I ended up, um, and I may do this too, but I really liked, I printed out the whole book 
and I cut up each little section and I was, I spread them out over the floor of the room where I was living at the time in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I just rearranged, I spent like a couple nights or days actually like locked in my room, just rearranging and rereading and going back through. And, um, I like having the physical paper in front of me and being able to work with that. So that was a big part of my process and helped that stream of consciousness flow a lot better through my book. Um, the second book, Live Your Dance, is going to be much more case study based. And so actually the podcast that I'm launching next week is going to be a big part of this book in that I'll use my own story and my own kind of philosophy on the Live Your Dance topic. But then I'm going to add in these um, kind of excerpts from all of the interviews that I'll do. So it's going to be a little more research on that side, which I like a lot. And then I can add in my own blurbs here and there and, and we'll make it flow that way. But I have a feeling I'll do a similar thing with Scrivener and the, the printing out and the editing. And I mm-hmm. learned that I need to give myself a lot more time for editing. I was kind of crunch for time and editing super fast. And mm-hmm. my ebook, um, to be honest, has a lot of typos. So we're re-editing right now and going to launch and print pretty soon. Yeah, so well, that, that's a good thing about an ebook, I suppose, is that you can just oh edit gosh. it. You know, it's so nice. It's yeah. so nice. I love so. the process of of printing stuff out and throwing it on the floor, and uh, there's just something about that that is so satisfying. Yeah, doing it, it's almost like if I could come up with an excuse to do that for anything, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what I'm actually working on. But if I can print it out and put it all over the floor. I just feel like I'm 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 really creative or something. Like yeah. I feel like I'm really yeah, I'm really in the zone. People come over it, and they're like, Wow, what are you doing? I'm like, You don't understand, man. This is serious. <laughs> I'm, I'm like just level. solving like, you know, world's <laughs> problems and you know, just invented cold fusion or something. Oh, it's so true. And I love like crawling around and just being like artsy and you know, I have my yeah. music on and my candle going. And I'm just a four girl. Smoking a like, cigarette, you know. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. But yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a floor girl in general. So like I eat my dinner on the floor, I journal on the floor, nice. I I mean just I love that space. So nice. yeah, I agree. Anytime we can spread it out and get into it, I'm all for it. There's a lot of floor people here in Bali too. Ah, we have a lot I of yoga totally people. Yoga people like to be floor people, I think. Maybe those are my people. Maybe I should take a trip. I'm. I would be more of a floor person if I could sit on my legs. You know, you know that move. You like you sit where your legs are underneath you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Like I'm not really. I'm not just not flexible enough for some reason to do that. And I really feel like that hinders my ability to enjoy floor sitting. Because mm. I have to go cross-legged. To yeah. Well, you know, that's okay. I'm working on it though. Okay. There's always walls you can lean against. Just putting that out there. I love walls. I've, if there weren't walls to lean against, I would be. <laughs> I would carry a chair with me at all times. I think. I'm glad we dived into that. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Like you know what? What's really, really, actually important to the writing process? It's. It's true, though. <laughs> I think it's, it's these little things. It is. It's true. I. I typically like to have a candle burning, my water or hot tea or some kind of a hot drink, a blanket my journal, and if I can, a fireplace. Like, that nice. is... So now we're talking. So now we're talking. So, yeah. yeah. So that so you do a, a candle burning and a fireplace? So oh, one, yeah. Like, two yeah. sources of fire? Well, one is for smell. Okay. One is for ambiance. So, mm. you know, they have their purpose. Nice. But, and so that's the white noise is the fire. Yeah, okay. yeah. But it's rare that I have a fireplace. So sometimes it's just the good view. Or if I go hiking, I'll bring my journal and find a place and just kind of sit down and be away from people and noise and do that kind of a thing. Have you ever used like a fireplace uh, white noise track? Ooh, um, not fireplace specifically, but I do have a noisemaker on my an app on my phone that does like rainstorm, uh-huh. and I really like that too. Nice, nice. So, so yeah. what, what's your like ideal? If you could just design your writing situation, uh, mm. what would that be like? It sounds like it'd have a fireplace or something, but what would what would that what would the whole thing be for you? 
I think it would be maybe like a bonfire, so outdoors. A bonfire, wow. Uh, okay. Or, you know, like an outdoor campfire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really like the idea of a nest. And so, you know, like Papa's on chairs or some kind of a chair that like kind of envelops you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that could be with or without blankets, but usually with blankets and then my journal. And I'm very, I'm a journal snob and a pen snob. So oh, nice. I have, um, I use, I guess it's called Canson, Canson, C-A-N-S-O-N. And they are these, uh, sketchbooks I get at Michael's. Um, they don't have lines. They have really thick paper, 20 mm. bucks each. So I've spent... I don't want to do the math. Wait, <laughs> a lot of money on journals. Um, but they're great and they're uh, spiral bound so you can fold them all the way around if you want to. Very and, important. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'll use typically a V5 uh, pen or something that's that rolls nicely with the ink. Um, mm, very so, important also. Yeah. I mean, it just it makes a difference. Sometimes ballpoint pens have too much drag. And so I can't write as quickly and my brain tends to go pretty fast. And there are times actually when I have so much running through my head that I have to sit down and just type. And I remember one time in college, actually, I went into the computer lab back before I really had my own computer. And, um, and everyone was working on a paper for a class in there. And they, I think it had to be 1,100 words for them. And I sat down and in 30 minutes I had... I was like crying and I was typing and just nice. like going at it like straight for 30 minutes. And finally I got it all out. I saved it. I printed it out so I could have it. And the guy next to me was like, holy cow, like <laughs> what did you just do? And he asked me how many words I wrote. It was something like 3,000 or 3,500. Nice. And, um, and he's like, my paper has to be 1,000, like 1,100. And you just wrote like twice that. <laughs> Like, well, that's what happens. But sometimes typing is the way to go if I can't write fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to be a snob on some things. Um, Just (laughs) just last night, I was at home with with my wife, and she wanted to watch a movie. I told her, hey, I want to just kind of sit and write, which usually for me means I'm either going to sit and write or just spend alone time, but I kind of just group them all under writing. And, um, (laughs) and so I was like, yeah, I want to sit and write. She's like, okay, great. So I'll go watch a movie. And she goes, can I use your laptop? Because my laptop has a DVD drive and hers is a MacBook air. Um, and mine is one of the older MacBook pros. And I was like, um, I don't know. I, she's like, well, uh, you can use my MacBook air. It's the same computer. Yeah. And you could just write on there you write, you know, and I was like, yeah, but it's not my computer. <laughs> no, it's like, you it's know, like your space. I mean, and I, yeah, I couldn't give it up. I was like, I know that I'd be writing, like maybe I write on WordPress or something or I'll, I'll Evernote. And, and all these things are on her computer. It would have been easy to even download it if they weren't. But, you know, I just couldn't. I was like, I like my computer. And, um, you know, it was, totally it was a that. snobby moment. But <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, us writers, goodness, yeah. Yeah. can't take us anywhere. It's but true. no, I yeah. I definitely feel you. I think, I mean, even my desktop, like it just feels like my space. And I actually, my computer's been in the shop for the last two weeks, um, supposedly getting fixed and ultimately not. Um, mm. But I've been using my boyfriend's computer. Which is great, but again, like I, I totally get it. It's not my space. Like I feel like I'm in borrowed, you know, area, and it just it isn't the same. Like the writing isn't the same. It's not as open. I don't think if I'm on that. Um, same with journals. Like if it's not my journal, if I'm just writing on a loose leaf piece of paper because that's all I have, like uh-huh. it's not the same. My journal feels like my my cocoon of safety and where I can be as mean to myself or angry (laughs) or like I let it all go in there and uh you know good luck to anyone who reads it someday but um Mm -hmm. you know I'm just working things out so yeah 
but I get it. Totally get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Writer snubs unite. <laughs> that's right. That, that'll be the new Facebook group. We'll do it. Um, are there any other quirky things that you do in the writing process that if we maybe were to follow you around for a day watching you do your thing, we'd be surprised about or that people might not expect? Um, I don't know. I mean, I like to think I'm normal, but I don't actually, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm a closet quirk. I think we're um, all weird and, and then weird is normal. Good. That's okay. my my opinion after hearing from a lot of people saying different things. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You like, probably have heard if people, If I ask that question and somebody says, no, I actually have no habits, that would be weird. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay, good. Phew. But I'm normal. Whew. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I basically have my journal always. Like, I don't leave home without it, even if it's to the grocery store, because I just don't know when things are going to hit me or whenever actually and it's good because the other day I did go to the grocery store and I had a breakdown moment and I had to like get it out and I wrote it out and mm-hmm. I like, don't why know is what this I girl lying on the floor of the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> what's going on just take a cabbage and go yeah um no but yeah I actually I do write in my car a lot that's my other safe place um I've had my car since high school mm-hmm. and um you know so many memories happen in cars. I've had breakups. I've had first kisses. I've had like road trips and crazy adventures. And, um, mm-hmm. and so there, there happens to be a lot of crying and writing. I think as a girl, I just cry a lot, but that's, that's totally okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that you needed me to tell you that, but I just wanted you to know that now I have Dave's approval, especially on this show because nobody can even see you. They, you know, you could probably pass it off as something else. Even if you did start crying. So it's totally cool. <laughs> Good. Phew. Um, but yeah, there's been some like major breakdowns in, uh, in that arena and, and writing it out. And so like tears and snot and just like, you know, listening to Adele and, and crying about something and writing, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things happen, yeah. you know, more than I'd like to admit. But, um, I guess other random quirks, like I definitely, I haven't been drawing as much, but um, sometimes I draw really random things in my journal or I'll have fun with lettering. I I really like typography, so I'll play with different fonts and like Mm -hmm. draw out different quotes with fonts and things like that. But um, I also, I hate lines, like... Mm. Unfortunately, I've gotten journals as gifts, and I think that's so thoughtful because they know that I love it, but I really only write in this one journal kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so if it has lines, like I'll write diagonally just to spite the paper. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, and like I'll write, um, I'm a graphic designer by college major, and there was one comment that my teacher made that, you know, newspapers don't go more than like 40 characters across. Um, cause that's like what the human eye likes to read. I guess it's more natural. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have shorter little columns. Yeah. Um, so I, after I heard that comment, I started writing in small columns. So usually huh. my journals are two or three or four columns across, um, whether it's vertical or horizontal. Um, and actually I haven't told anyone this, but you know, if I'm taking notes from a webinar or something like that, I'll t- typically go like with a um, portrait lands- portrait layout mm-hmm. and I'll write top to bottom. Mm-hmm. But if I'm writing something more like dear to my heart or um, vulnerable or kind of secretive, not secretive, but just like deeper thoughts of like things that I'm going through, mm-hmm. I'll turn and go horizontal. And for some reason that feels like like I'm in my little cocoon again. I love it, that. <laughs> and will you, if you're a horizontal or a landscape, you'll probably still do the columns. Yeah. Because there's oh, no yeah. room for columns. Four That's cross. like landscape yeah. actually just really works beautifully with your columning, you know? Oh, it totally does. And sometimes I'll go diagonal when I'm like feeling Ooh. quirky. So, you know, it's, it's all, all around. It's all different kinds, but, um, yeah. So those are, those are a few little quirks. Um, I'm looking through my journal right now. Um, I'll do disclaimers as well. Um, I don't know why, but I'll be like, disclaimer, 
I'm really deep in my own shit, so this is going to be like a really sad view of life, just so you know. Nice. <laughs> and then I start writing. So just like preface, you know, if I'm reading it or I don't know, like random people on the street, but mm-hmm. I don't, no one really reads my journal. So um, I love I that. Guess it's just to the universe. Yeah. This is going to be a sad entry, just I mean, so it, you know, I'm okay, but. Yeah, I think if it it has to feel like a, a some kind of conversation. Yeah. You know, like even though you you might have the thought, well, no one's ever going to read this, but but you know, it has to it has to be somewhat connected to something yeah. or somebody reading it or whatever. You know, or you can, yeah. you know, you can just just say that for your future self, you know. Totally. Just like, "Hey Molly, just so you know, back in 2014, <laughs> you weren't a horrible mess. It just seemed that way in this moment." <laughs> right? And I actually that's not too far from the truth. I <laughs> Maybe you were have... a horrible mess, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the, uh, I have, I've looked at my journal entries from when I was 16 and I would love to do like a book of, of wisdom from my 16 year old self. Nice. On, uh, Cause I like took notes. I remember I was, I had to break up with a boy at summer camp. And um, after I broke up with him, I, I remember I took bulleted notes on like tips to, um, guide myself for future breakups. And I had three of them. One of which was, um, it was, Oh, create an outline, but not a speech and then Mm. do it as soon as you can and put yourself, put both of you guys out of your misery. (laughs) And the third one was just start talking. And as soon as you say the first few words, it's basically over. Like you just have to like get the ball rolling and uh-huh. then you're basically broken up. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part. But, and I like drew a picture of someone dancing and I was like, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> so Rule number two, <laughs> don't ever date boys again. <laughs> <laughs> boys have cooties. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. but, I love yeah. that. I love that. Just just some fun things and um, just realize, like looking around high school, I remember I was writing about like all the cool kids think they're cool, but like there's no cool police that say like that qualify who mm. is, who's not. So Deep. why do we care? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, hey, 16 year old self, like you're pretty wise. I should listen to you more often. I do remember there's, you know, there are some beautiful moments from that time period and speaking of cool things i remember talking to this guy named luke killian who was really cool um and i remember him sitting me down one day i think it was at middle school we were just talking and and we both played in the same sports team so like i knew him pretty well i felt like and he told me he said we i forget what we were talking about or how it came up but the subject of of being cool came up (laughs) and he goes he goes to me it's like a confession he was like he's like dave he's like I think about being cool all the time. Like what? literally there's never a moment in my day where I don't think about how to be cool. What? <laughs> and I don't know why that just stuck out. It's like one of those stupid things that sticks out. You know, I, I remember like the, you know, the background of the cafeteria at the time, you know, and, and yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I that's do. So- I, I think that's also a really awesome thing about journaling is that you get to see, you know, what, what your life was like. I mean, I, I, I can see that with blogging for me. I've been blogging for about five or six years and, nice. um, you know, and some of the things I take a stand on like five years ago, I'm like, really, you know, like that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you thought was important. Like, all right. <laughs> and then of course it makes me wonder like what five years from now I'm going to think of what I'm doing now. Oh, Probably going to really yeah. Dave, really 2015. You lived in Bali and like doing whatever. And, um, <laughs> So it's, it's, yeah, I think it's fascinating to watch our own development and it's yeah. surprising, you know, with all the evidence that we have these cycles of life and that, you know, we have good days and bad days and that, you know, we're in our process and it feels like it's going to be forever. And then it comes out and we feel relieved. Like you, even after all this evidence, we still somehow don't seem to really get that <laughs> lesson fully, you know, yeah. you, yeah. cause it's like, we ha- literally are just collecting evidence that says, listen, you're going to have good days, bad days. Good is don't, they don't mean anything. Just let them roll off you and move yeah. on. And still somehow I'm having these bad days and being like, this is awful. It's going to be like this forever. The world is going to end. No, absolutely. And that's, yeah, you're right. I've absolutely noticed that, you know, over time, the things that, oh man, 
I've changed a lot, which is so great that I've been able to document like this metacognitive mm-hmm. process. Um, and I, yeah, like journals are kind of like, uh, oh, what do we call those? Um, just like a snapshot of who you are on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so we have like all our, you know, pubescent, awkward photos from middle school and high school. And like, I just have my pubescent journals and like the things I was writing about back then. But you're right. Absolutely. The things that I took a stand on when I was in high school, one of them, I remember I grew up in a very conservative community and I remember thinking like, I'm not going to be friends with anyone who drinks or has sex or does drugs because I have standards and and I want to have good people around me. And then, then I was like, uh-oh, I'm not going to have any friends. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wait, that doesn't define a person in the, in the end anyway. Like, that's not nice. who anyone actually is. You know, you can't throw a whole person out because they did one bad thing in your moral standard, you know, logbook. Um, yeah. And I've obviously grown since then. But... Um, you know, like watching that process. And then as I took stands on things in college and then seeing how I've, you know, been able to travel the world and see how other people and cultures do things. It's like, it's just been so fun to see how that's evolved and opened up more and more and more, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. I but think, yeah, I think taking a stand is actually, this is interesting. I, Cause I was thinking to myself as you've been talking, I mean, you certainly are really selling the idea of journaling really well. <laughs> Um, and I'm thinking to myself like, well, why haven't I continued journaling or what's been the deal with journaling? Um, why hasn't it totally excited me and why have I given it up at times that I've started it? And I realized, I think it's because I haven't really, like when I do journal and I've done video journals or different stuff, I don't really let myself be the most ridiculous version of me in that moment. Because that would be more interesting, you know? Yeah. Like, it's because that I just kind of summarize my life, and and that's mm, boring. It's it's like, so boring. You know, oh, today I went to Disney World, and then, you know, we rode this ride, (laughs) and my mom spilled her ice cream next day. Yeah. Instead of like, I fucking hate Mickey Mouse. Exactly. I think he, I think (laughs) he was, I think he's, he's the root of all evil, and I'm pretty sure that Disney Corporation is. You know, has formed our, you know, childhood years, so we become cogs in a machine or whatever. You yeah. know, like that would be interesting. And then I'd be like, look at that guy, man. That that twenty-two-year-old dude was crazy. You know, yeah. because let, and let let myself really express what was going on, and then that would be interesting to look back, and certainly it would change. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And actually, I was just um, I work with teens and leadership kind of stuff and um we were talking about journaling and I talk about that too like it's it's nice especially on trips I think it's good to just kind of bullet point like today we went here and we rode jet skis where we hiked this volcano or whatever um but it's I think it's so much more interesting yeah to talk about the inner psyche or the um you know my dad is pissing me off right now and blah 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 and this is what I think of parents and you know, all of that stuff. Cause that's the, the nitty gritty and the, the spice. And like Seth Godin talks about with marketing, you know, you never want to market to everyone. You yeah. want to market to, you know, you go to the extreme. It's like, this is the best, or this is the anti this, or, yeah. I mean, play on the, on the extremes, one side or the other, but the middle is so boring and blah. Yeah. So yeah it's fun to kind of write in those two. And that's probably why I end up writing when I'm like deep down in the pit of despair or like on the high of life. Yeah. Um, Cause that's when I have like something gurgling inside me that I need to just like pour out. So yeah, it's almost like I thought about if, if I was in a room full of people, full of myself, like if I was sitting with like five <laughs> of me, what would we want to talk about right now? You know, what will we all talk about Ooh, that we all agree like, on? Like, yeah, man, fucking people are too spiritual in Bali, right? Or whatever. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, we would, there was like, there would be this just like consensus of like, yes, we believe yeah. this now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, or like, yeah, everyone has beards and ponytails. I know. Damn it. <laughs> and then we'd look at each other and be like, oh, 
Mm. But it's not us. We're better Shoot. than them, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. So, but yeah, journal. And I didn't mean to just come on and sell journaling, but I obviously am a fan. So happy to to sing its praises. Yeah. So no, it's I don't get cool. any money from the Journaling Association. I'm not. You could start the Journaling Association. That I would be, should. There probably is. You know, but no one would show up because people just want to write in their journals. They don't want to yeah, they want be to in be an by association. Themselves. That's the whole point. It's like a so association of introverts, like doesn't exist, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no one shows up to the meetings. They're like, sorry, guys, they actually needed to recharge alone time oh, or something. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, maybe I'll start it anyway and it'll just be me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, so... Tell me about some um, books or people that you are enjoying, maybe of recent or over time, that have inspired your own writing. Ooh, uh, off the bat, no question, Stephen Pressfield. He's a easy go-to. I read The War of Art, which was an awesome kick in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a popular one. Everybody likes he is. Him. And then I read Do the Work and Turning Pro and... He's just awesome. Seth Godin is another one, and he's more marketing-based, but he still really talks about, you know, finding your own voice, and and that's in the business world and as a writer, um, you know, that all marketing is basically storytelling. So mm-hmm. finding good and compelling ways to bring those moments to life or to go after that thing that makes you tick, um, mm-hmm. it just really getting into that. And I guess I'm, I'm definitely more like when I get to choose what I read, I read marketing books. Um, I love Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth and kind of that community. So, you know, uh, Seth is amazing. Seth is because I've been, I've been like considering the email that I'm, I want to send to him, you know, to get him on the show or something. Right. Yeah. And he, he does respond to all his emails, which is great. Cause I've emailed emailed him him a few times. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's the thing that's always fascinating to me about Seth Godin is that um, he is like, I feel so much love for him. And 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 he's this like mega, mega dude. I mean, he's he's insanely popular and and prolific, but he has that kind of like you're my favorite dude kind of feel. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. because and, he writes, I mean, yeah, he writes a lot about about marketing, but but it really, and especially recently, I think it, every it seems like every book he writes, they get more closer to the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where he he really comes from that it's like it's like he's really like just sitting in front of like a ten year old child and like just being like, "Buddy, I want you to know this. This is really important." And, and there's like there's like really just genuine inspiration behind what he's saying. Yeah. Because he knows it's not really about tactics, you know. It's just he just wants to get people to take risks, and and so, yeah. I I just I, I think he's extremely fantastic, and it just also happens that he's you know humongously popular. But yeah. I always find that interesting. It's like I I reach out to him, but it almost has nothing to do with the fact that he's popular, which you good know, you know because I yeah. think that's really important. It's like I just really <laughs> feel like I've read you know I don't know six seven of his books. Yeah. And um and so he's yeah, he's just an awesome guy. Really um so it's it's something there's something amazing about writing, especially with the online world now that it's so everyone is so accessible in these like walls that kind of kept our caste system separated for so long have kind of crumbled. But, you know, reaching out to him, he and I went back and forth and had five or six emails back in when I was in college which was really fun. I was like, Oh my gosh, he's a real person. Um, but, and, and same, I went to a talk with Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Mm. Eat, Pray, Love. And, and she has another really cool book. I'm excited to read called magic. People have read Eat, Pray, Love here in Bali. I've heard something about that, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) There's a little connection. Yeah. The whole (laughs) ecosystem here is based on Elizabeth Gilbert. So basically, yeah, I heard that the whole economy like boomed after she wrote that book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, little, little connection there, but she, I went to a book talk and I, whenever I go to a talk, I make it a point to ask the speaker a question if they ever open up for Q and a and, um, and she's just, I don't know. There's something about some of these writers that I love is that, um, 
it's like you you totally get to know them through their writing. You get so close to them so that when you do see them, even though I was like nervous talking to her, but mm-hmm. it's like they are your good friend. It's you've already walked with them, you know, through these different journeys and that's like the power of writing which I think is so neat is that we can bond and find those like relative connection points and realize that ultimately we are all just humans on this experience together Mm -hmm. figuring it out you know all going through the same shit in different languages and different you know situations but it kind of drills down to the same stuff over and over again Mm -hmm. so i don't know and and i guess i mean another book that i've returned to many times um it's a little more on the somber side but um, it's man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl yeah, great and, oh, so good. And for anyone who hasn't read it, it's this man survived four death camps during, um, the Nazi Germany, World War II, mm-hmm. um, period. And, and his, he's a psychotherapist and logotherapist and mm-hmm. his analysis of why people survive and why others don't and just his experience and losing his family and his, I mean, just stripping them down to nothing and realizing that ultimately the only thing we all have is freedom of thought. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's the one thing no one can ever take away from you. Even if they brand you and shave your head and like, how crazy is it that that happened to people and it's not that far away from our generation and yet. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but yeah, no, totally. Um, I get it. These these books just kind of like drill it down to, this is what's important, and it's not about, you know, the money and the corporate side. It's about really, you know, being together and as all of us are, and then you know, figuring out how we want to live this experience and what impact we want to have or not have, and. Mm-hmm excuse me but yeah. anyway those are some of my favorites that nice. i go to a lot those are great you, you we hit on some a lot of the same stuff i think oh uh, great yeah totally totally um there's actually a really w- w- there's an elizabeth gilbert uh ted talk on uh, creativity have you seen that i've one? listened to that so, so many times <laughs> yeah i could probably quote it it's so good yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um everyone should look it up on like fostering creative genius, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I'm going to link to it in the show notes so people can see it. it. And it's uh, there. it's very, it's very, yeah, very fantastic. Um, okay, so I've got um, I've got one more question for you. Great. Um, if you could go back in time, and you could write yourself a note, maybe even slip something within the pages of your Canson journal. Um, <laughs> And you could you could just pick any time in your life. You could just write that and put it back, and you'd see it. Um, what would you write to yourself? And in the context of writing, kind of like your as your journey as a writer, I suppose. But what would you mm. write to yourself? And what point in your life would you would you insert it? Ooh, oh, I like this question a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> it gets better every time I ask it. I'm always like refining it, you know. I bet. I it's bet. It's the only question I consistently ask in this show. Everything else is kind of like, oh, I just like have a bank. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good one. Keep it. Um, so I'm thinking I would, I would insert it. There were a couple dark periods of my life. Um, one was, right after my mom passed on and I was living in Spain. It was, I was still in college, but I took time off and I studied in Spain. Um, talk about a lot of alone time. Um, Mm -hmm. and another was when my family was going through some other kind of fall apart time. My dad came out and he's, he's gay, but we didn't find out until a few years after my mom passed on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was kind of, wondering about the status of my family unit, um, Mm -hmm. in general. And, and that kind of rocked my world a little bit. Um, so I think I would insert a note during one of those periods and, and say a few things. Um, one of which would be, 
keep writing as messy as it is. Just keep, keep writing it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and another would be that I'd tell myself that your story is worth telling and worth sharing. I believe that for everyone, but I, I definitely didn't believe that for myself for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and to just really kind of instill that, that that's okay to keep exploring all of all different sides of me and to make it all okay. That there's no, there's no side of me that is wrong or, you know, that we're all, you know, gosh, I don't know how to put it in words ironically, but, um, you know, there's so many different versions of each of us. And for a long time, I thought that only a few of those were acceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, and that in order to maintain the image of like a strong put together, well tailored human that I should be, you know, three out of the 80 versions of myself. And, um, Mm -hmm. and it's been so much more. That's all there is just 80. (laughs) oh I'm sure there's more (laughs) Um, but yeah to really let myself drop those walls of my own judgment and be like hey just go explore and and be all sides and that's where like I get to do that in dancing I get to do that in writing and and then getting to share that with other people has been like one of the funnest things Um, nice so yeah get messy Mm. I love that Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Good questions. Well, you are officially super easy to talk to, Molly. And <laughs> so well, thank you. check, check. Well, right back at you. Yeah. Thanks for being such a fun guest. And um, I'm going to link everybody to the show notes, which they can find at darkenthepage.com slash zero two zero because you are the 20th episode. And yeah, they're going to hear about all the stuff, um, links to, to, um, to your books and then all the people we talked about. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll even look up, uh, those, that journal on Amazon and and link to it or something. (laughs) I should start getting like an affiliate marketing with them because I, dang. You can get sponsored maybe, you know, you can tell them, Hey, I talked about you guys on this podcast and six people listen to it. That's pretty big deal, you know, so. Um, (laughs) so yeah, but, um, thank you so much. And I look forward to our continued, uh, friendship. Of course. Me too. This is a, the start of a wonderful friendship. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. Talk to you soon.